Hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Voller, and we are so glad you're here. Now it's time to thrive. Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us, and Happy New Year. And welcome back, Susan. Thank you. Well, Susan, since your New Year's podcast from last year is actually in our top 10 podcasts of all time, we thought it would be great to really bring you back this year and share your insights for the coming year of 2024. Yeah, I, I, I saw that, that it was in the top 10, but I'm yes. getting too much credit because I was one of the first podcasts. So it's top 10. For Still counts. Seasons, right? Okay. But for those of you who may not know, Susan Frank is MRA's president and CEO, and we're really here today to help you get your new year off to a great start and really help you and your business thrive. So speaking of where to start, Susan, let's take a look at a recent National Business Trend Survey from the Employers Association of America, the EAA. Um, I know, Susan, you always talk about using data-driven decisions and, and using those for results. So let's take a look at the results that we're seeing from the 2024 National Business Trend Survey. Um, we know that the economy impacts everything, everyday life, in work. So let's talk about the numbers for this year specifically. Um, according to the survey, 67% of organizations say the economy will improve or stay the same and that's an 18% increase from last year's report. So we're really seeing greater confidence um, in this year's economy. So my first question to you is, with business leaders feeling more confident, how will that impact employers for this year? Sure. Well, um, first a word about the National Business Trends Survey and how relevant it is for our members. The EAA, the Employer Associations of America, are organizations like us across the country. So employers of all sizes in all industries and um, tens of thousands of employers. So this survey is really reflective of mm -hmm. kind of coast-to-coast -coast thinking and how they're planning for the next year. And you're right, there is a greater confidence that business will at least stay the same or improve in the year ahead. And um, that's great because where confidence goes, usually production follows, yeah. sales follow, and hiring follows. So I know we're going to get into that, mm. but that's kind of a mixed blessing. So hiring is still really tough. When you look at the confidence in production and sales and where companies are going, that means there will be investments investments made in their companies, in mergers and acquisitions, plant expansions, maybe more experimentation and innovation, as well as additional hiring. Yeah, absolutely. And according to the Business Trends Survey, 52% of employers here in the Midwest are looking to hire permanent staff. So when it comes to hiring and recruiting for 2024, what suggestions do you have for employers out there, really. Sure. Generally, when I'm talking with members, mm -hmm. whether those are HR constituents or the C-suite, they are still having great difficulty finding qualified, experienced hires. Mm -hmm. So if you think of hiring as filling positions and not just hiring somebody from outside the organization and bringing them in, it may make a little more sense. And that's some of the creativity that I see. 
employers are not necessarily looking for that needle in a haystack. Well, they certainly are. But they're also saying, who in my organization may have the ambition and the skills and characteristics to move up? And what kind of development, both training mm -hmm. and professional experiences, would I need to give them to grow them into that position? Mm -hmm. If you can't um, buy it, meaning hire, you've got to make it. Mm -hmm. And that's development. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk a little bit more later, um, especially on emerging leaders. And um, from a CEO perspective, what qualities and characteristics do you specifically look for in those emerging leaders? We'll talk more later. But um, Susan, talent acquisition to has been a serious challenge for employee, employers in the past year and this year looking ahead. So let's talk about what executives identified as some other top challenges of this year. Talent acquisition was top at 52%, but also making the top five list was cybersecurity at 44%, talent retention also at 44%, inflation coming in at 41%, and then developing future leaders, as you mentioned, at 34%. Looking at that, cybersecurity is new on this list for this year, um, and really an issue top of mind for executives and you know all employers. Um, what are you hearing from other organizations and business leaders overall on how what they are doing to inc increase cybersecurity? Sure, and it's coming up in many business conversations. Yeah. Before we move to that, with your permission, Sophie, could I circle back to the talent acquisition Absolutely. question? Um, because the survey did highlight some things that I think are worth underscoring mm -hmm. in this conversation. One is that uh, compensation as a starting wage went up. No surprise there. Mm -hmm. But also that the ranges of the jobs themselves have been adjusted upward in the majority of organizations. And Again, no surprise with inflation being kind of break away mm -hmm. in 2022 and maybe moderating a bit in 2023, just that those are table stakes. Right. Uh, we all know that compensation alone isn't a satisfier necessarily, mm -hmm. but it's a dissatisfier. So what I mean by that is if you don't get it right, people will leave. Mm -hmm. But even if you have it right, meaning that you pay competitively and you know what the market pay is and your benefits are appropriate, the right amount of paid time off, just the fact that you get that right, those are table stakes. That doesn't mean people won't leave. You have to have culture and environment and professional growth and development opportunities as well. The innovation is just the doubling down on the fact that it is a total package and human resources is right at the center of that mm -hmm. leadership conversation to say, here's here's how we have to touch all those bases. So pay alone won't get you there, but you do have to know how your jobs stack up. Too often, I think uh, business leaders may say, th this job title and what does this job title pay? That almost doesn't matter because titles are just that. You have to really look at the responsibilities and the role itself and the job duties to make sure that you're comparing apples to mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for circling back. For sure. Yep. I think that was an important point, and I neglected to say that originally. Oh, absolutely. So you asked me about cybersecurity. Yes. Well. <laughs> big question. It question. is a big question. It's like describing the universe. And I am no cybersecurity expert. But I do have the 
catbird seat, I guess I would say. And I always feel honored to have those conversations with so many business leaders. Mm -hmm. Our members do share confidential information with us. And cybersecurity is keeping people up at night. It can ruin a business in the blink of an eye. Before I get to a couple of recommendations that I would sure. make as a layperson, not as a cybersecurity expert, yeah. but as a business leader that, that does have this advantage of talking with a lot of other smart business leaders. Um, anecdotally, uh, I happened to be in Las Vegas last fall for my husband's birthday, and it was during the MGM data breach. <laughs> Heard worldwide, everybody was talking about it because they decided not to play ball with the threat actors. And there are a thousand decisions that businesses need to make about cybersecurity. But one of them is, am I going to capitulate, potentially pay ransom, try to secure mm -hmm. my data and hope and pray that that the bad guys right. are going to honor their word, which is interesting all by itself. I mean, you're trusting criminals sure. to do what they say. That makes no sense. But then the other branch is to say, forget it. I'm going to take what comes. Right. And what was so unique about the MGM breach is that just prior to that, the whole Caesars Entertainment family worldwide was mm -hmm. it. They paid a seven-figure ransom. Whether that was the, but there's two huge hospitality, gaming, entertainment, playing in the same space, trying to attract the same customers in the mm -hmm. same industry, and they went at it very different ways. So I guess an umbrella is you have to know your own company, your own culture, your appetite for risk, mm -hmm. um, the the subject matter experts you've got on hand and hire to to move you through any threat hopefully to prevent a threat. And then what's the fallout? Can your company withstand whatever it is from your employees, from your customers, from your vendors who say, maybe I don't trust you as much anymore? So two organizations, very similar, um, could have been brought to their knees. And I witnessed it mm -hmm. staying at an MGM property. My husband and I saw it was basically shut down. They must have lost millions and millions mm -hmm. every day. So just having that <clears throat> kind of ringside seat mm -hmm. um, and talking to who I could, dealers and Uber drivers, yeah. customer service people, they highlighted the fact that it was really one employee who unintentionally mm -hmm did a very bad and reckless thing against the training that he'd had, mm -hmm. which brought the company to its knees. And that because they were networked so thoroughly at all of their properties worldwide for economy and efficiencies, uh, uh, scalability, knowledge, mm -hmm. trust, locking it down, it also was once somebody got in there, Boom. they got in everywhere. Mm -hmm. So... How does that relate to our members here in the Midwest, wherever you happen to be? It's that employee training is an absolute, mm -hmm. again, just ticket to the show. If you're going to be in business today, you have to realize the threat really is everywhere. And your employees 
advertently or inadvertently are likely going to be the access point. So train your employees mm-hmm. and keep training and keep training and kind of don't take no for an answer. You just have to have that level of mm-hmm. knowledge of what the risk is out there and and how they could jeopardize your organization. That's one thing. The second thing is um, I would really advocate for an independent outside audit of all of your systems. Yes, it takes time, and yes, it costs money, but they will highlight areas of opportunity, areas of risk, kind of give you a report card and a game plan to say, if this is your report card, where you're strong and where you're weak, here are some gaps, here are some systems or practices that make you vulnerable. Uh, The devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Mm -hmm. And then you can address those gaps that an outside third party, nothing in the game has identified to help make your company stronger. And it isn't a one and done sort of thing. Um, MRA undertook one in 2020 and again in 2022. We plan to do it again next year. So that's just like um, maintenance. Mm -hmm. You, You do what you can and that doesn't, (laughs) <laughs> that that doesn't ensure you're not going to have a problem. Right. It just maybe reduces the likelihood. So those two things, extensive, ongoing, kind of black and white employee training right. must do it. And second, an, uh, a regular practice of outside objective audits of your systems so that you can become stronger and less vulnerable. Absolutely. Those are great takeaways, Susan, and I appreciate the examples, too, that came with it. Um, it was very interesting to watch in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, cybersecurity has been one of our most highly requested topics coming from our 30-Minute Thrive listeners, so I'm glad we can address that today. Well, I'm not a cybersecurity expert. I would suggest we get some yes. <laughs> for future podcasts we will. and really dig into it. Absolutely. Another topic that's been very highly requested is AI. Um, We have a couple episodes out there um, if you'd like to go in depth about AI. But Susan, I guess I'm curious from your perspective how you feel about AI, AI and HR overall. Um, MRA's first steps to kind of incorporate AI in our company. Um, Just kind of briefly touch on that. I will. Um, I, I wouldn't say that we're ahead of the game. I would say we're riding the tsunami with most of the organizations out there and learning as fast as we can. So we understand not only do we need to get it right and become more knowledgeable about our own services, mm-hmm. how we're going to offer, connect with, produce what we do, mm-hmm. but that our members, uh, 4,000 strong, are turning to us to say, what should I be concerned about? And specifically, I guess, as it pertains to human resources. So my thought is um, there is no there is no value in saying AI is bad mm-hmm. or AI is dangerous. It can be mm-hmm. in the wrong hands and without a plan, but AI just is. It is coming on strong. So right. it's not it's not an argument to be debated. Mm-hmm. It's a fact to be managed and wrestled with and um, um, resolved 
uh, as, yeah. as best as each company can. So what do I think the impact on HR would be? I think it's going to be huge. Um, I'm making this big universal statement mm-hmm. without a lot of detail under it, but we're learning, as I said, as fast as we can. Um, this practice might work for our members too. We've um, developed, last year we developed an AI task force. So people internal, aided by some out external um, um, experts that would just make us smarter, that would take a look at it and study it regularly and carved out a bit mm-hmm. of their time and their goals to be help us elevate our skills with regard to artificial intelligence. Not necessarily deciding what our projects would right. be, because it's a small group of people, but elevating the knowledge of our leader team, our employees in general, our senior leaders, and to say, here's what we're learning, and to keep that in front of us so that we can make good decisions about both internal and external offerings, programs, services, and expertise we might do. I will say one thing, uh, strongly recommend that every company who is trying to get their arms around AI and who isn't, that they start with something that sounds like you're putting on the brakes before you even you know, get in the car, which is uh, data governance mm-hmm. and a policy. Um, be- because every company has employees, whether you know it or not, who are already working with AI. It could be in a side hustle. It could be that they're using it for what they do for your organization Mm -hmm. and you just don't know it. Or it could be that innocently they're just one of those early adopters that are saying, well, I'm just going to experiment with this. Having listened to some outside experts and some uh, people in the legal realm who talk about copyright and Mm -hmm. um, many other legal issues, I guess I would just say, help your employees be the best they can be by having a data policy and guidelines that give them the parameters. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure you know what's going on in your organization so right. that you can make sure you don't get in trouble. Um, but also, you want to make sure that it's a conversation daily, weekly, ongoing, so that you can harness whoever is an early adopter and excited about it Mm -hmm. and use that to help further whatever you're trying to do. So it's really going to impact, and this is just fundamental, you know, the basic knowledge of of things I've seen. It's really going to impact the employment world, Mm -hmm. how you hire and attract, source, bring on board employees. Absolutely. So HR needs to get its arms around that. Mm -hmm. Second, though, when you think about marketing production and content production, communications, it's really going to impact that as well. Um, I would never put something out there written by AI. What is that and who is that? You know, the the very old adage, garbage in, garbage out, applies. Mm -hmm. Might be more garbage, (laughs) might be digital garbage, but it could still be garbage. So... I, I almost think artificial intelligence, I'm never going to change the title. That is what it is universally. But it's almost like it should be called augmented intelligence. Mm. Plainly put, a computer brain is helping humans do their job right. better. Mm-hmm. So you augment how you do your job with artificial intelligence. So artificial always kind of gives me the creeps. <laughs> yeah, Neither it's real or it's not. Right. And, it's real. So I would I would say you want to use augmented intelligence I like that. to do your job. 
from the herd it here first. All right, we're changing artificial <laughs> intelligence. Right. This is, you know, and it's not even 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting things done. Yeah, getting things done. Um, I would just add to that, too, from the conversations that I've had um, with some subject matter experts, specifically on AI and how it will affect the workforce and HR specifically. Um, I feel like they're seeing that AI is going to help with operational and more routine tasks, and that's going to leave HR professionals and professionals in general more room to focus on the strategic planning tasks yeah. that maybe they don't have enough time on right now. Yeah, that's well said. And I think HR people should be excited about that. Absolutely. But first, it's scary before you get excited, right? Because <laughs> you first have to get your arms around it and know how I'm going to harness it. And you don't mm-hmm. left behind and, 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 and. Right. Uh, though I do think it could help HR people focus on the more strategic, conceptual things and get mm-hmm. more routine tasks out of the way. Right. It won't stop there, though. I think that's a bridge to to something even bigger. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for those recommendations, sure. Susan. Um, in fact, we have a hot topic survey coming out very soon on AI in the workplace. So. Stay tuned for that, and um, if you want to learn more about how AI will affect your workplace and HR specifically, uh, that Hot Topic survey is going to be coming out next week, actually, so the week of January 7th, um, and we will also have a podcast covering that those uh, results, those survey results. But um, Su- Susan, let's talk more about some other business trend survey results here. Talent retention was among the top business challenges for 2023 and heading into 2024. So what are organizations doing now to really retain top talent once hired? There's very little like earth shaking and yeah. tremendously different. But I can say, again, with the confidence of thousands mm-hmm. of employers weighing in that some fundamentals that again put HR right in the middle of that business conversation, you need to be an employer of choice. You need to be an employer that competes not just on being in the top of the pay range. Um, You need to pay competitively as we've determined, but there are so many other things. And one of those other things that is trending more strongly, isn't new, but trending much more strongly is learning and growth. How, how are you going to take a new employee, an existing employee, a long service employee, and continue to give them opportunities to learn and to grow in your organization? Um, that, that deserves more time and attention on a regular basis than, mm-hmm. than most of us either devote, because you're, there's a crush of other things to do, or maybe we don't realize just how important it has become. And um, the talent shortage and the fact that employers are looking to hire more in a stronger economy, those people just don't always exist. Mm -hmm. So for self-preservation, as well as for growth, you really need to keenly focus on career paths and opportunities to develop your current team. That doesn't mean you all have to create a university. That doesn't mean you need to have a ladder A and a ladder B and a ladder C. I guess it would be the other way around, ladder C and ladder B, ladder A. But uh, 
in some organizations that makes sense, maybe more of a manufacturing organization, but it does mean the quality of supervision and management, the quality of those conversations are really important so that that employee knows, all right, the job to which I aspire or the pay that I'd like to earn someday is achievable with these steps. Mm-hmm. My employer is going to do these three things and I'm going to do these five things and we're going to arrive at this happy destination together. So spending more time and thoughtful consideration of each employee's career path, no matter the job, mm-hmm. is really trending strongly. And that's not going to change as the talent market stays really challenging. Um, challenging in that there just aren't un- enough experienced, qualified candidates out there. And even at the very entry level or new to the job market range, uh, not letting those great employees get away and hop somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I have a follow-up question sure. to that then. Um, in addition to, like you said, table stakes, the competitive wages, uh, we've seen variable pay has also come into play to overcome these recruiting and retention challenges. Are you seeing um, any incentives used by our members or other organizations, employers with variable pay to kind of overcome the retention challenge? Sure. Uh, I'll give you what we've learned from our survey, and then I'll give you a little Susan twist on it. Because, well, my opinion doesn't always carry the day. Uh, but we want to hear it. Well, it is what it, it is what I think would work. If you had an organization that you started from scratch with people that you were able to select carefully and grow the way you wanted to, you would treat everybody in a very custom way. Mm-hmm. Your best employees would get 10% raises, and your average steady eddies would get far less than that. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have poor quality employees. And in real world, that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. But I do see too seldom that employers use whatever matrix they have for pay and benefits, they use it too too much the same. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, what is the difference to you or to me or to anyone, uh, you know, the difference between a 2.7 raise and a 3% raise? It just isn't meaningful. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to keep that better employee, what is meaningful for great performance? So, again, that's the real trend with my twist, Mm -hmm. uh, HR being very nimble and able to um, layer on its policies and practices not as consistently maybe as a lifetime has taught us. You need to treat everybody the same. Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. You need to have business-justified reasons for doing that. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure it's tied to documented performance But achievement of goals, those employees who truly are head and shoulders above, they're going to go elsewhere in this market unless you do treat them differently. Ways that you can do that 
uh, variable variable pay tied to performance. Um, not universal bonuses, but those that say, if the company achieves this, then we all get that. Mm-hmm. That means it's gain sharing. Whatever you call it, it's gain sharing. Second would be, if you in this role achieve this, you're going to get this. Those things benefit the organization, mm-hmm. and they lift all boats instead of variable pay that isn't as tightly tied to right. goal achievement. And again, that brings the spotlight right down on the quality of management and supervision. Mm-hmm. Are your managers and supervisors savvy, trained, and strong enough to say, mm-hmm. Sophie, here's where you hit your goals, here's where you missed your goal, mm-hmm. here's what that earned in our variable pay plan, and here's what yeah. we're going to do next year. That should be a dialogue. You mm-hmm. should be saying, that's achievable. Might be a stretch goal, but I can do it. Not pie in the sky. What are you talking about? I could never mm-hmm. hit that. So it should feel like a partnership, but it should also feel like a stretch. Mm-hmm. And your manager has to be able, anyone's manager has to be able to say, great job, or here's the gap. Um, and that's saying a lot. Mm-hmm. If If you're not going to use things very consistently, which can water down performance. If you treat everybody the same, the great performers say, what the heck? Mm -hmm. Why why should I tie on my sinkers every day and run at 100 miles an hour when he is and she is and they are running at 50 miles an hour? Yeah. You know, why would I do that? It It tends to breed mediocrity instead of excellence. So... The key to that is high quality management and supervision and the ability to have conversations mm-hmm. in a partnership way so that people understand, here's how I can excel, here's how I can earn that variable pay, and here's, you know, what, here's yeah, what I need to improve. Mm-hmm. If that was the Susan's twist, but, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> but, it, but it doesn't <laughs> exist. It doesn't exist. <laughs> Well, Susan, kind of rounding out the top five challenges from this year's survey is developing future leaders. So I know we've touched on this briefly, but what recommendations do you have for developing an organization's up-and-coming leaders or emerging leaders, I would say? Well, one of them, I think, is what I just touched on with regard to variable pay. People work for intrinsic feeling of accomplishment. That's true. Mm -hmm. I think if you hire good employees, they yeah. want. They come in saying, I want to do a good job because that's just how I'm wound. That's my DNA. Right. But let's not make the mistake that a- achievement isn't important and compensation isn't important and recognition and rewards aren't important. And um, I'm probably wound a little differently that way. It, I'm not saying it's generational, but it tends to be in that... Um, Newer workers in the workplace just need more care and development Mm -hmm. to feel a part of the team. And I think sometimes longer service workers miss that. By miss that, I mean don't recognize that Mm -hmm. enough, don't think about it often enough, not out of bad intention, but because that's not what they experienced. So so you don't want to allow that disconnect to become pervasive in your company you want to make sure it's fluid and organic is a word I like to use there, meaning it's growing and changing all the time. And it's 
an inf- and it's a flow of information going back and forth. People communicating about what they need and what they want and what they have and mm-hmm. what they like and what they don't like. I mean, then you can respond to it. Back to the career pathing. Just make sure that's part of your performance system. Whatever your performance system is, it isn't just about goals. Mm-hmm. It's about what's next and where you want to go and what you want to achieve um, and and help with how you get there. So if any employee is willing to say, I want to grow my job and I'm willing to put in these things, uh, managers should want to work with them all day long. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. Well, common sense, right? Well, Susan, unfortunately, we're running out of time here. Um, but I know we ask this question a lot to our members. Um, but now I'm curious to know what keeps you up at night, Susan, um, looking forward into the future 2024 for business. Well, thanks, Sophie. You you actually uh, g- gave me some nightmares during this conversation because <laughs> this some of the things, yeah, this, this is what I'm, you, you, you touched on two of them. Um, because they're so external to an organization. I think many leaders, and I like to feel that I really know how to run this business Mm -hmm. and that I communicate with this team really well, that you you know where we are financially, you know Mm -hmm. what our goals are, our strategic placement is tucked up in your cubicle, whatever, you know where we're going. But cybersecurity and artificial intelligence... Um, that's a tiger by the tail, both mm-hmm. of those things. You can do everything right and not see the train coming on the track. So again, business people are paid to square their shoulders and say, how do I, how do I capitalize on those opportunities, not how do I run afraid from them? Right. But your question was, what keeps me up at night? I would say it's those two things, among others, because they are so external to the mm-hmm. organization. They are so foreign and fast moving and in the hands of other people and things and technology that today uh, few of us are expert in. So so that's what keeps me up at night. And that's why through our conversation, mm-hmm. I highlighted just the fundamentals of policy, governance, practice, outside audits, you do what you can, and then hopefully you can just put your head down on the pillow and sleep because you've done what you can. That doesn't mean it will protect or be perfect or optimize artificial intelligence, the impact on your business, but you can't be um, an ostrich either and stick your head in the sand and just say, I hope it doesn't impact me for two years or five years. It will. Mm-hmm. In my CEO roundtable, we talked about cybersecurity and there were 14 really smart business leaders, owners in the room, and four of them had had data incidents, mm-hmm. let's call it, um, threat actors uh, attack their business. So four out of 14 just in the last year. It's not if, but when. Mm-hmm. So make yourself as bulletproof as possible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. we have resources linked in the show notes below. Um, you can also find them at mranet.org. Um, but Susan, as we wrap up here, any last thoughts, any words of inspiration for the new year, your mic drop moment? Sure. 
I'll tell you what I told our employees in my podcast sure. over the holidays. Bring it on. We're yes. ready. I love it. Four. I'm excited. Perfect. Well, thank you, Susan. I really appreciate you coming on, and I appreciate your leadership here, too. Um, like I mentioned, we have resources in the show notes below, so make sure to refer back to those. Um, they are also found on our website, mranet.org. And thank you so much for listening and tuning in today. Um, we hope you have a great new year and a successful new year. And we are always here to help. So thank you again, Susan. Happy New Year. And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30-Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.